This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar Fashion, Clothing, and Design. 100% original. Visit far-ebar.com to add the next great addition to your wardrobe. Beards for Radio. Sasha, how you doing, man? Joe, what's up, man? Not much. We are so close to college football season. We got six days till Michigan State kicks off. We got one week until the rivalry renewed in South Bend, Michigan at Notre Dame. Um, <clears throat> I'll let you take the lead. Uh, whatever game you want to start off with, um, just whatever you're watching for in either one. All right. Well, I want to start off with uh, State and uh, Utah State, you know, because it's the first game. It's uh, I believe it's this Thursday, um, the 31st, I believe. Yeah, Friday. Uh, yeah, so Friday. Friday, my bad. So um, my day, my day's been kind of crazy. I have had a day off for like two weeks, but you know, that's how it, that's how it goes, baby. But yeah, so for the Aggies, you know, they got uh, Jordan Love returning them for uh, returning for them for at quarterback. He threw about sixteen hundred yards last year, around eight or nine touchdowns, I believe, if I was reading it correctly. Um, they got a JUCO transfer running back. Darwin Thompson that everyone's kind of, you know, boasting about a little bit. But the biggest thing I noticed is that they got five returning linemen. So all the linemen are coming back. None of them left. So they've been a unit for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's probably the, the upside. You know, you know, they're probably the most consistent team in WMC. They, they have been averaging last year 30.2 points a game. With that said, other than the linemen, this quarterback, you know, their defense doesn't look all that promising, to be honest with you. But for the Spartans on the Spartans end, you know, you know me, I'm a Michigan fan, but wow, dude, the Spartans look scary this year. You know, you got your man working it at your, at your quarterback spot. We know what he can do. He can do it with his feet. He can do it with his arm. Good kid. Good, you know, it, it, right. exactly, exactly what Antonio does develops right you know you got lj scott you know he's he's uh his senior year i believe you know Mm -hmm. um you know he's a seasoned veteran you know uh he's a mentor he's gonna probably be captain for some of these young guys coming up and you know you got a wide receiver pair in daryl scott and felton davis you know so like everywhere where you're needed on the in in the offense there's a threat so michigan State on the offensive side looks scary, but on the defensive side, they look a whole lot scarier. You got Josiah Scott, Justin Lane, with you can make the argument of them being the two best corner tandem in college football today. And then you got uh, Batchy, Baki, however you want to say his name. He's the best line, he's, he's probably the best linebacker in the Big Ten Conference. So, man, right. dude, Michigan State got it going on, dude. And as a, as a Wolverine slappy, dude. You know me, Michigan State looks friggin' scary this year. And, you know, the, I don't think the Aggies' offense can hold up to the Spartans' defense. Uh, they're going to have to fight for every single inch. I think the Aggies' defense isn't efficient enough to stop the MSU offense. Therefore, I'm going to call this game Michigan State 42, Utah State 19. All right. Some love. I, I like it. I like it, man. Yeah, like – you mentioned the uh, the offensive line, all of them returning for Utah State. That's why one of my things to watch for Michigan State is how the D-line performs. Um, 
in 2016, only 11 sacks, and then they had a lot of attrition, losing Malik McDowell to the draft, losing um, Austin Robertson and Josh King to um, some ugly dismissals. Mm -hmm. But they upped that to 28 sacks last year. And I know 28, that's not really a number you want to see, but coming off of a year like 2016, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction. So I want to see how their D-line performs against an experienced O-line right out of the gate. And then um, you mentioned Lewerke. We all know what Lewerke can do um, as a sophomore. He put up the most offensive yards in a season for Michigan State since Drew Stanton in 04, I believe. Um, so we know what he can do. I want to see Michigan State jump out to an early lead so we can see what Rocky Lombardi, the backup, can do. Because if, God forbid, something does happen to Lewerke, like – you want to you want your quarterback to have at least some game experience, and from what I've heard about Rocky Lombardi, the coaches are very high on him. Um, and then you mentioned the secondary. I'm very excited to see the secondary at work, not just Justin Lane and Josiah Scott, who will be out for a couple months, um, but uh, David Dowell, who had five interceptions last year, Kari Willis, who um, was just named a captain and gave the uh, speech at the Big Ten luncheon kickoff it was pretty good pretty good um nice. I'm, looking at how, I'm looking at how michigan state will play at the corner position without josiah scott for probably the first four or five games because i love me some josiah scott i thought he was he stepped in as a true freshman and was fantastic and it's a it's a deep secondary for michigan state so not that you want to see anybody injured but if you could afford to lose someone a starter in any position it was probably in the secondary you're right. So I'm hoping the Michigan State offense, they only averaged a little over 24 points a game last year, but they were able to get it done in a lot of tight games. They were able to score when necessary. Um, But they ended the season with their two highest scoring games of the year, uh, putting up 40 at Rutgers and then 42 over Washington State in the Holiday Bowl. I'm hoping they continue to average more than 24 points. We're hoping they can get to the like, – like the area that they were in 2014 with Connor Cook and Tony Lippett and Jeremy Langford, where they averaged over 40 points a game, which is just unheard of when you think about Michigan State football. So my prediction is um, I'm thinking Michigan State 35, Utah State 6. Nice, nice, nice. So you're, you're, kind, of, you're kind of with me. There's going to be a large margin of victory for the Michigan State Spartans. I'm with you yeah. on that, man, most definitely. I'm thinking they jump out to an early lead and then, like, with the backups come in, put up, like, maybe one or two touchdowns in the second half. And, um, yeah. Yeah, and to, and to yep. piggyback off the, the whole backup thing with Rocky Lombardi and everything, um, first of all, what a sexy-ass name, you know. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Back name you want, Rocky Lombardi. Oh, my God, dude. That is so – that is, like – you know, you don't have to say nothing, you know, you know, like, Hey, this my guy, my boy's name is Rocky Lombardi, you know, you know, and, and, and I need a date for my boy, but like, oh, shit, let's go. But anyway, I digress. Let's get back to it. Um, Rocky Lombardi, dude, you know, you were saying he's a backup. Something's going to happen to the rookie. Yes. Something's definitely going to happen to the rookie. You want to know what's going to be? He's going to go to the draft. He's going to go to the NFL, bro. He's going to be gone next year. This is this is his year to, to show out. I think he's going to show out and he's going to enter the draft. So you know it's going to ha- have to happen. Rocky Lombardi's going to get the starting job next year. So yes, it's very important to jump off the early early lead. 
uh, and, and get and, you know, get some ground in on the scoreboard so they can put those guys in. And I this was this was what I was a firm believer in last year. I said it. Michigan. This is the same. I don't want to go to Michigan State, uh, Michigan just yet, but Michigan needs to do what state does. Get that early lead, get that separation and then work your guys in and get this machine going to spit out football players. What Dan Antonio does so well, and I've been saying it, Joe, since we've met. Dan Antonio, mm-hmm. does he does it so well. He develops his players. He develops his one, two, three stars. You know what I'm saying? L- look at look at the guys that dominate the league. You know, right now they're not big. Na- you know, they, they didn't come out high in the draft. Like Antonio Brown. When did Antonio Brown get drafted? Right. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like coming out of fourth or fifth round. Right, coming out of Central. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What a steal! You know, some some of the best best athletes. That I've ever seen running at, or playing the NFL are players like that, like like Tom Brady, like Antonio Brown, like Terrell Davis, who come these fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. You got something to prove. You got a chip on the shoulder. All these teams pass up. They, oh, I love it. You know what I'm saying? And oh yeah, this this is this is what you know is gonna make them or break them. So hey, dude, you know I I can't wait. I cannot wait to see Michigan attempt to get on that level of putting their players and, and, and grinding their players and actually uh, developing their players again, Dan Antonio does. I hope Harbaugh kind of gets that this year because I've kind of been not hearing some crazy stories from the Michigan camp lately. I hope he's just focused on football. Right. All right, some big, bold predictions from you. I like it. I love it, yes. man. I'm getting hyped for it already. Right. Um, another thing I want to look at for Michigan State is – um. We saw the the new redshirt rule where, like, true freshmen can play up to four games without burning their redshirt. I want to see how many true freshmen Mark D'Antonio plays game one. Because last year, I believe they played 13 true freshmen, which was his all-time high. Um, I want to see, like, the cornerback Kalen Gervin and um, Ladarius Jefferson making transition from uh, high school quarterback to running back now. And, um, yeah, that's, that's just another thing I want to watch for is how many – true freshmen are going to play this Friday. Man, we're so close. I'm so excited, man. Right. And you know what? I love the rule change. I love the rule change so much because um, sometimes, you know, those guys, those those kids, especially me, I, I can speak for like I, I learn by trial by fire. You know what I'm saying? Like throw me into the mix. Get me hands on. I want to – you can't you can't sit me behind the board and have me watch video, you know, or watch, you know – what a chalkboard or a, or a, you know a dry erase board the whole time. I need to actually get into it. You know what I'm saying? I need to dive feet first into it. So yeah, that's that, that's really really big for these redshirted freshmen, man. I think I think it's such a good idea. I'm glad for the rule change. We see some stupid rule changes lately, but you know that's a good one. I I, I must say, definitely. Talking about uh, diving right into the fire, um. This is the game that I'm probably most excited to watch for that's not a Michigan State game is the Michigan and Notre Dame game. It was announced last week, um, probably the most obvious news since, like, the Pistons were moving back downtown, um, that Shea Patterson will be taking snaps as the starting quarterback. I I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he's the only quarterback for U of M that takes snaps in the game unless something goes wrong. Um. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking for from Michigan. You're talking about Michigan State having a scary defense. 
I think Michigan's defense is right up there. Like those are two neck and neck defenses. Like I think Michigan is a lot stronger on the defensive line than Michigan State. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I think they're pretty equal. I think Michigan State has a better secondary. And then linebacker core is pretty even. But you talk about like getting after the quarterback. That's what Michigan does. You talk about Kalik Hudson coming off the edge at the Viper position. Talk about Chase Winovich. He's a good dude. Rashawn Gary. They're they're pretty stacked when it comes to getting to the quarterback. And I think that's one of the biggest keys in um disrupting Notre Dame's quarterback, Brandon Wimbush, because last year when he got pressured, he looked all out of sorts, and you could tell it made a big difference. And I think that's going to be the biggest key is Michigan getting after that quarterback. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, they got, you know, Gary and Winovich who can, you know, arguably be the best uh, defensive end tandem in the nation, those guys. I'm so glad uh, Winovich came back. Um, just good, good story about him is that uh, what really had him, inspired him to come back was a conversation with uh, – uh, what's his face? McGregor, Connor McGregor talked to him, and told him that he's a big fan and, you know, he should do what he feels necessary to do and follow his heart type deal. And then he, uh, also talked to his brother-in-law who told him, do what you did to make you want to choose Michigan, find it in your heart. And he just felt like his time wasn't done yet. And I'm glad he's back, but yeah, him, him and Gary, you know, um, it's going to be a, a good defensive watch, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really loving that. But what I need, what I need out of these guys, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not worried about too much about their cornerback position. They're kind of, they're, they're, they got good cornerback depth. They have nine returning starters. They had the number one passing defense. So that I'm not worried about the linebacker core. You got Devin Bush, you know what I'm saying? I don't think they're too strong in a, in a linebacker, but strong enough where their defense is going to be, you know, up, up up to par with the rest of the nations. But the offense, I really need Shea Patterson to start clicking with these guys. He has good weapons in Black, Peoples-Jones. These guys need to show out. Higdon, Evans, these guys need to show out. You know, there's no holding back, you know. So this needs to happen. It needs to happen now. Um, Yes, I think Wimbush is a good quarterback I just think he does it too much with his legs he's a runner he's an inconsistent passer but you know you got but but on the on the flip side you also got uh the quarterback Ian Book who has you know he's more of a pocket passer he has an arm he's more accurate more consistent so I don't know how that's gonna play out are they gonna play them both both together is it gonna be you know quarterback by committee are they just gonna see you know you know do do, do the Harbaugh a few years ago play it by ear I'm gonna throw in Peters Mm, throwing a corn and you know I don't know, but I think their their biggest strengths are their defense. They have a good linebacker in the secondary. Love at quarterback cornerback position. He's all American. Drew Twink, Tranquil at safety, and they got Tevin Coney at linebacker. So they got a good core of you know defenders. But I don't think it's good enough to beat Michigan. But I think it's going to be a very very close game. I'm going to call it 27. 21 Michigan. All right. I had a uh, 24, 21 Michigan. Okay. So we're, we're right, right. Kind of the same. We lost for both games, you know, yeah, small, I, small margin of victory for Michigan, large margin of victory for the Spartans. Right. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what the Michigan offense will look like because I don't think we've really seen Shea Patterson under center. And that's really Michigan's bread and butter. 
Do they kind of hybrid it up? Do they ease Shea Patterson into it? Or do they just go like full Shea Patterson, like all shotgun all day? So that's, that's a good question. And what if Shea Patterson doesn't get it done? You know what I'm saying? Like we don't, we have no, I do not know what to expect. I have no expectations of Shea Patterson at all. I don't know what's good, what's bad. I didn't watch, you know, you, you can always watch highlights and, you know, film, I mean, the, the old, old old Miss, you know, uh, games with him in it. But it's like, what is he going to bring to this? You know, how is he going to work out with this? Is he clicking with these guys? We, it's it's such a mystery. It's it's up in the air like it was last year. I feel like the podcast we did last year about uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Michigan uh, debut, Michigan State debut, was, I feel like the same thing. It's just, it's like there's no, I, I understand that, it wasn't surprised that Patterson was going to be the quarterback, but like, is Harbaugh even sold on him? One hundred percent. I think I think it's just the case of um, what's his face? What was the tall, tall quarterback? Uh, uh, Spates. I think Spates. it's another. Case, I think it's another case of the Wilton Spates. The case of the Spates. That's what I think it is. But I, I hope I'm wrong, and uh, we're going to find out. Do you think we see uh, Brandon Peters play at all on Saturday? Um, the only way we're going to see Brandon Peters play and these guys play is I don't, I, I have a feeling that Peters is n- not even on, you know, the radar to be the second guy in. I, I, I feel like if anything, he's going to throw in Christian McCaffrey and, and test out Mixon. You know, that's, that, that's what I honestly feel. I think, I think his mind's made up on Brandon Peters. You know what I'm saying? I think, um, I think those those three quarterbacks that I named before Peters. I think those those three guys, you know, Patterson, McCaffrey, Mixon. Um, I think those are going to be his go tos. And like I said, the only way we're going to see those guys is if you know Patterson really you know shits the bed, or you know they get up enough where they can start rotating these guys in to get some you know reps. So. Right. And we talked about the redshirt rule. I think that could really benefit Joe Milton. Um, probably not in the Notre Dame game. I'd be shocked if we saw um, Milton, the true freshman, in the Notre Dame game. But probably the next games, like I know they play um, Western and um, like uh, SMU. So like those are games where I think it could the new redshirt rule could really benefit him because I've heard a lot of good things about Joe Milton for, out of camp. Right. Um, yeah, heading down south, um, we talked about it a lot on our last podcast about the situation in Columbus. Um, you know, I wasn't really shocked at the findings or at the decision. Uh, once Ohio State really started to drag their feet, I thought it was kind of clear that Urban Meyer was not losing his job. So I'm not really – I mean, I <laughs> – some people have called me wrong on this. I'm not really that outraged that Urban Meyer did not lose his job and that he's getting suspended three games. But that press conference, I don't know if you watched it, the press conference they held after the decision, after like the 11-hour day of their findings, that was just the most difficult thing to watch. It was It pained me to watch that press conference <laughs> and how just noncommittal they were. It it was so obvious they weren't sorry. They did not learn their lesson. If anything, Urban Meyer, it seemed like he came off feeling like he was the victim. 
So, yeah, I mean, I'm okay. First of all, Joe, even though we are interstate rivals, we both cannot stand Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State Buckeyes. We we know this, correct? Right. Of course. So, Urban Myers, man, what pisses me off about this whole thing is that first of all, it's like there's no way you didn't know about this 2009, 2012, 15, so forth, so on. It's no way you did not know about this. And everybody knows that, you know, this guy is a grandson of some, you know, Earl Bruce, some, you know, mm-hmm. Ohio state legend that, you know, mentors, uh, what's his, uh, that mentored. Urban. So, you know, he felt obligated to give this guy a, a job because of this reason he's related to this guy you know nepotism right. bam right there you know i don't think this guy was qualified for this job there's disgusting stuff about you know there's there, there's talks about sex toys there's talks about you know having sex with staffers there's talk about obviously beating his wife um you know uh strip clubs uh on ohio state's you know credit card mismanagement of funds this guy was it, there's no way that urban meyer did not know about any of this stuff or, you know, financial people mm-hmm. within the house area saying, like, bro, like, who's spending $700 at a strip club? Like, who's, right, who, right. who's, who's delivering uh, sex toys? Who's uh, sending sex toys to themselves in, in, in uh, the school facility using the schools, like, addressing stuff? Like, he didn't know about this stuff? I, I, I got to kind of follow that. I, I don't think so, you know what I'm saying? And, and for him to sit up there and – you know, not not apologize to Courtney Smith and then later come out and say, I'm sorry for not apologizing. I'm sorry for not saying I'm sorry earlier. Like, does that make sense to you? It doesn't make like a normal person, you know, would would feel some some kind of way that you let this kind of person be under your employment. You know, under right. your watch, just happen under your watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would take, I take that as a, I would take that as like a, a like a, a scar to my badges of honor. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just took a, you just took a badge off my lapel, and you know that that, that would piss me off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they give him this joke of a three suspension game where where he can he can be he can coach a team all week, all yeah. friggin' week up until game day. He has to sit at home in his lazy boy in his leather lazy boy with his ottoman, you know what I'm saying? And he has to look his wife in the face and she has to look him in the face. Know what the F they just did. You know what I'm saying? I just, just, you know what he can do. You know what he can do on Saturdays is watch every other football game on TV. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought they were going to give him a two game suspension and bring him back for the TCU game in Dallas. Cause that was like one of their, that was their big, um, off of their big uh, non-conference game of the season. So it seems like they kind of looped in the TCU game to be like, see, we didn't just suspend him for these two games. Um, like, so he's missing Oregon State, Rutgers, and TCU. Um, why not just add in that fourth game against Tulane? Like, you really think it's going to make a big difference if he coaches or not against Tulane? Like, I know it's one game, but I think a four-game suspension does look better than a three-game suspension for sure. And, like, right. it's not like – so if you're gonna include the TCU game, go ahead and loop in that two lane game too. Like, did you need to sell a bunch of tickets for the two lane game? So you're like, hey, we'll make this the game that Urban Meyer comes back. Like, what what's up with that? I don't. Yeah, 
because because Joe, what it's about, what it comes down to, it is wins and losses. What comes down to success, right? What what you can get away with is what you know you're successful at doing. So Urban Myers can get away with a a lot more shit because if if he gave you three six win seasons in a row, you think they would just give him a three game suspension? They'd have been like, great, great, we can get rid of this guy. And we can uh, fire him under the ruse of this whole scandal, blah blah blah. But right. Urban Urban Myers is is love. They have women out there picketing for him to stay and come back, while you know he has people under his watch beating on their wives, you know, doing some sick, disgusting, deplorable things. In, in my opinion, so right. I mean, we I really have, hope it's just the one guy on his staff that was doing it. Like, yeah, we just hope, we hope. But you know what, man, I, I. I there's people like that everywhere, man, everywhere. And, you know, there's always, there's always a, a wolf in sheep's clothing somewhere. And this, this guy was there. And unfortunately one person like this can, can stain your uh, college. Look Larry Nasser. He stained Michigan state with the whole gymnastics mm-hmm. things. Look at uh, Sandusky he stained Penn state. You know what I'm saying? It took, it'll yeah. take a while to come back. This everyone's just seems like they're brushing it, just sweeping it over. And it's just like, I was listening to uh, uh, Sarah Beetle. Is that her name? Or Michelle, Michelle Beetle. Beetle, yeah. And she was like, you know, I don't watch football anymore. And, you know, it, it, and it's sad to me is because, you know, you can be any – my wife's a fan of football. But we sit there watch football. But this lady is so turned off by the way they handle their off-field, you know, accusations and problems and stuff that they have, you know, towards – women that it just turns her out that she doesn't even want to watch it that's pretty sad dude that's yeah. pretty sad no and, and 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 i hope that you know more good coaches more good players stand up and be like listen man i represent this shield i represent this league i represent this you know you know college football this just gotta stop you know and and i don't want to say you're snitching but in in a form you you kind of, kind of put a kibosh to it, man, because then it's gonna get out of hand, and then you get to have situations like this, you know. Yeah, you know, there's the saying that winning cures all. Like that doesn't just go for bad grades or you know, bad wide receiver play or what have you. Like that goes for everything. Urban Meyer has won 73 games at Ohio State since 2012. Like, right. That's a record that like a lot of people can live with some of the shady stuff. Um, but yeah, how do you think this affects Ohio State going forward, like this year, next year, into the future, or does it affect them at all? It doesn't affect them at all. Right. Urban Myers is just going to be a little bit more diligent so this doesn't happen again. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's, 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 like, it's like, to me, it's like the World Trade Center. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we were so lackadaisical with security through, you know, this and that, that and this, this, that and the third. And then, and then 9-11 happens. And, and, and then, you know, for the next 10 years, you know, everybody's getting damn near strip search and, uh, you know, uh, anal, anal cavity uh, search right there while you're trying to get on a plane to go to Hawaii or something. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. It, it, people are more reactionary, you know, is rather than being more proactive, you're more reactive. I think this was a reactive situation, 
you know, they got out of it. Now he's going to be way more proactive about it because he doesn't want to get stuck, you know, with his, you know, thumb up his ass again. Right. And we don't even know if he's on thin ice after this. Like, we don't know if this was, like, strike one of a three-strike or whatever. Um, Like, we've we've seen one commit for Ohio State um, decommit now. Uh, yesterday, a four-star linebacker decommitted. I, I think that's really, like, the biggest effect is, like, a few recruits aren't going to want to be seen with that type of press, and they won't go to Ohio State. Other than that, yeah. going forward, a lot of people are trying to – hint that this may be the end for Ohio State, I really doubt it. I don't think I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think Urban Meyer will go anywhere unless another thing like this comes out similar. In that case, you know, if it happens again, like then you'd have to think he'd be gone, right? But Right. And then you gotta think also is like I don't think this is like the beginning of the end at all. No. But then you also gotta think too, Joe, is that most, you know, most most athletes in America now, and you know it's fact. You know, especially in football, basketball, African Americans, they don't come from the most lavish lifestyles. You know, what I'm saying a lot of them come from single parent homes. A lot of them are raised by their mother, their grandmother. So, beating on a woman for these dudes, it it, it might be something to where, you know, that's a deal breaker, bro. You know, mm-hmm. my grandma raised me, my mother raised me. I have sisters, aunts, you know what I'm saying? Because me, myself, man, like, it's just, it was just me and my sister. The closest cousins to me were all female, you know what I'm saying? I grew up playing friggin' my my Ninja Turtles in a Barbie house, you know what I'm saying? Right, so, right. like, I'm so against hitting women. I got $4 myself, you know, I, I, think, I think it's deplorable. Even if I didn't have any kids, you know what I'm saying? Even, you know, I... I have a mother, I have a sister, I have nieces, I have female friends, you know what I'm saying, colleagues, you know, schoolmates that I would ne- – if, if I ever saw a guy, I don't give a, I don't give a shit, dude, and, and, I'll, and I'll take my lumps, I'll take my ass whipping. If I saw a dude the size of a rock or the size of a mountain from uh, Game of Thrones hit a woman, you best believe, dude, I'm sucker punching that dude as hard as I can. As hard as I can, dude, because I'm not – number one, I'm not a bitch, and I don't want to see chicks be – women females my bad <laughs> be, be, be treated like that I just i think it's just deplorable x dude and yeah. I, and you know firing this guy and giving him three games to me isn't enough i i felt like he should have lost his job because it was a clause in his contract as well you know not 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 reporting the title nine was a was uh was an act to be fired and he didn't report a title nine or he i don't know sidestepped it you know what i'm saying so and it's possible had this report not come out from brett mcmurphy that zach smith could very well still be employed by urban meyer in ohio state wow i like that's that's a real possibility to think of too But, you know, like like I said, winning will cure all. I guess well, not. I guess not. It, it, it better not, and it's disgusting. Right. But, hey, man. It ain't right, but that's what's happening. And let's flip this and go far, far away, far, far away to another galaxy, Joe. Oh, yeah, let's do that. I want, you, I want you to tell me some great news about oh. you know. So we're getting a, a little reunite of uh, some reuniting in the Star Wars universe. 
and it feels so good. <laughs> Dominic Monaghan has signed on to be part of the cast for Star Wars Episode Nine, yet to be titled. Uh, he's rejoining his director from Lost. He was on the ABC series Lost with the uh, J.J. Abrams. I think that's pretty cool. We're seeing a, uh, an actor go from the Lord of the Rings universe. He played uh, Mary. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what kind of role he's going to have, but that's that's some exciting news you found there, my man. Yeah, man, I'm excited about that. I like I like this guy. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but he had like a, like a Steve Irwin type show for a little bit where he like went out and messed with animals. And he's like, I guess he's like a, like a Steve Irwin type guy. He was on, I've, I don't know if it was on travel or discovery. I thought that was pretty cool. Then I, it, I liked him in the Lord of the Rings, you know, but, but every single, you know, every single hobbit bugged me except for Samwise, Samwise Ganji, because you know, it, it, it's, it's Rudy baby, you know, but anyway, so, so like, you really like, oh, I kind of like this guy. It's kind of cool. So, you know, I like, I like Dominic. And then, you know, f- from the Lost series, you know, you, you, you kind of, kind of, you know, got to see a glimpse of the actor, kind of fell in love with him a little bit. But you're right. Lord of Rings brought him to the fray. And, you know, he's a good dude. I, I hear he's a humanitarian. He's a planetarian. You know, he's, he, he's really big in being a good human being, which, you know, you can't hate on anybody for being that, but yeah. So I'm really excited to see what he's good about. Like they said, he has no like set role. He doesn't know if he's playing alien, human, you know, whatever he's playing, but yeah. But one thing I do know for sure is if you go on IMDB for episode nine, he is a confirmed actor for it, but there is no part. Yeah. Him and Billy D. So we're excited. Yeah. Um, most I definitely. think episode I think episode nine is going to be like the deciding factor on how good this last trilogy is, you know? Yes, definitely. I love force awakens last Jedi. Um, I'm kind of iffy on like, it didn't do it for me as much. I'm hoping um, with JJ Abrams coming back for this one, it'll kind of take it over the top, you know? Yes, definitely. I think JJ Abrams is a good director. I think he's a good, uh, you know, producer, he can get it done for sure. And then, like you said, he, he they're linking back up from their lost days. So, hey, uh, it, I, you know me, man. I'll take anything Star Wars. I just read that um, uh, the Star Wars Rebel series. Everyone's everyone's been asking for like uh, you know, an extension of that. They're coming out with uh, and I think it's in October on October seventh, and a Disney XD Disney Kids whatever channel. They're coming out with a Star Wars. Uh, resistance so um it it, 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 fo- it focuses more on the x the x uh wing fighter pilots so i think that would be kind of cool check that out definitely definitely that's a cool news yes. all right well, well next time we meet up we will probably be one game deep into the college football season um we're both predicting opening game wins for michigan state and michigan over their respective opponents um yes we're so close. I'm looking forward to it, man. Absolutely itching, itching for it, man. And then, you know, NFL's right around the corner. To me, it's not as exciting as uh, college football, but I do fantasy, so it kind of puts it up there. But, yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, man. It's been a pleasure talking. Always. All right. I'm- Beards for radio. 
Yep. I'm Sasha. Thanks for listening. Later, guys.